Welcome to Living the Dream with Ben and Rodney. Here's your host, Ben Wilson. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Living the Dream with Ben and Rodney. I'm your host, Ben Wilson, and my co-host, Rodney the Bulldog, is here by my side as usual. Today is a special episode of Living the Dream as we welcome the woman who is the major influence in me starting my podcast after I listened to her Creating Confidence podcast on Podcast One. She's not only a top podcast host, but a nationally regarded public speaker, a best-selling author with her two books hitting the number one bestseller list, and the founder of the Boss and Heels and Creating Confidence Movements, encouraging people to be the best that they can be. Please welcome my special guest, Heather Monahan, to Live in the Dream. Heather, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to have you on the show because like I mentioned in the the intro, um, when I got introduced to your show, that was really the influence for me to start mine. And your show is fantastic. You know, for people who are into podcasts, they should definitely check out Creating Confidence with Heather Monahan on Podcast One or Apple Podcast, any podcast platform that you have. You also have a lot of great material on your website, heathermonahan.com. So tell me about your background and how you made it to Miami. Yeah, I was in the radio business for most of my adult life for about a little over 20 years. And after I reached the C-suite in a publicly traded company in Florida, the CEO I had worked for for 14 years became ill, and he elevated his daughter to replace him, and she fired me immediately. And that's about two years ago. I went out on my own. I wrote and self-published my first book, Confidence Creator, and I began speaking around the country, and then I launched my podcast and then just wrote my second book, and that brings me here today. So that's a pretty fascinating story. You go from uh, you know the C-suite level where you were very, very successful, and then all of a sudden you get a major change where you've got to kind of have a moment to pivot and be like, you know, what do I want to do with my career? And instead of going back into the corporate world, you went back, you went on your own, and you started the Boss and Heels program. I'm really intrigued by that program because I think it's a very interesting platform that can benefit. I know it was intended for women being Boss and Heels, but I think there are a lot of really good tips for men there. And now that the Boston Heels has grown into creating confidence. So why'd you create these two programs and what are they all about? So Boston Heels four years ago was my hashtag that I used while I was still in corporate America. I wanted to launch my own personal brand with my website, heathermonahan.com and take my social media profiles public so that other people could learn what it takes to get ahead in business. And by boss and heels, I meant that you can be a boss with purple hair, flip-flops, or whatever you want. When I was a young person, people would tell me women can't make it to the C-suite. And so that's where I came up with the idea of boss and heels because I could. And so that I really wanted to share that message that anyone that owns who they are and what's unique and different about them can really step into their power and get into the C-suite. So that's where boss and heels originated from. Got it. What was your platform there? I know you wrote a book, Boss and Heels, and you were a speaking engagement. What was the reception that you got when you first started that? I didn't write the book or start speaking back then. I was in corporate America back then. So the reception when I was in corporate America from people outside my company was great. They loved the information I was sharing, but the company that I worked for hated it. And the GC and the CFO really attacked me and threatened that if I wouldn't take down the website, if I wouldn't take down my social media profiles, that 
I could potentially lose my job. I met with lawyers. I did a lot of research in regards to other C-suite executives in major companies. And there was a tremendous amount of people who had personal brands in addition to being in the C-suite and in large companies. So I presented all my findings. I let them know that I was happy to put whatever type of verbiage they wanted on my site or on a post to say this is not the thoughts or beliefs of my employer. These are my personal thoughts. And they continued to bully me and really harass me for over a year before I actually got fired. Oh, really? I was kind of in a similar situation because when I started this podcast, I mean, this is not my main job. My main job is a lawyer. And so even when I was at the law firm too, I mean, they are very sensitive about keeping things separate. And, you know, you can't even really send an email with your company email list if it's relating to something personal. So I kind of understand that. But what you were doing was really, I mean, I would think a way to generate revenue for their company, perhaps too. I mean, it was certainly something very positive. So that is kind of surprising that they, they fought it so much. Yeah, I was chief revenue officer at the time, and my job was to increase revenues, drive revenues, and recruit and expand my team. So it was very helpful to me in my role. However, one thing I've learned is, you know, in business and in life, when people are insecure or feel threatened, they're going to act out of emotion, not out of business strategies and what's best for the business. Right. No, that's a very good point. So how did that transcend into creating confidence? So then I got fired two years ago. And when that happened, I knew I wanted to give it a shot to go out on my own. And that if I was going to do that, I needed to generate revenue. So I needed a product to sell. So that's when I decided to write my book, Confidence Creator. And at first, I didn't know what I would write about, but I Googled how to write a book. And it basically said, you need to be disciplined and write a minimum of five hours per day. So I did that. And within a week to two weeks, I was pretty clear that I knew I was writing about different times in my career where I had hit the bottom and taught myself to leverage those moments to create more confidence and move forward. And ultimately, I was creating a blueprint for how to create confidence. And that's where Confidence Creator was born from. And so that's turned into the two books and the website. And uh, I mean, you've got a very successful speaking career. How are you able to basically make those fulfilling both personally and financially? Because a lot of people have great ideas and they're like, you know what, I, I want to start out on my own and do this and that, but they can't make it successfully financially, but you've been able to do that. So what are your tips to people who are wanting to do that? Well, one, I you know had developed a pretty, I had been contributing to my 401k plan. I had been saving for you know, the past decade. So I had some bandwidth and runway in order to, you know, once I got fired to say, okay, how long will I be able to get by? I also know with my expertise and revenue generation that I needed a product to sell and to sell quickly so I could start getting revenues to come in fast. So, you know, it's about having my experience basically in sales and sales leadership was really lent itself beautifully to going to work on my own, as well as having that bridge play with, you know, I unloaded all of my 401k, you know, I went all in on doubling down on my business. And if you're not willing to take that level of a risk, there's, you know, a reason why a lot of people end up, you know, pulling the ripcord and going back to work for someone else, because it really is, it's something that you have to go all in for. And for me, I didn't really start making 
good money in this business until I found the speaking business. And that wasn't right away. Right away, I found the book business. And I immersed myself in it and started learning the book business and wrote my book and self-published my book. But, you know, it took about a year till I found the speaking business. And that was really a juggernaut around revenue. And that catapulted me to the next level. Right. So talk more about that book business. I've actually listened to a lot of your podcasts and they're very good, by the way. But you were going through the process of how to start a book. And I thought it was very fascinating. Kind of go into more detail about the process you had to go through because there was a big learning curve. Yeah, I had never written a book before, but I'll tell you, it really is much more simplistic than people make it. You know, I think there's millions of great books out there, but there's very few people that know how to sell good books. And so for me, I had that experience and expertise in sales. So I knew I just had to create and write a good product. And as I mentioned, I disciplined myself. I sat and wrote five hours a day and I did that for a couple of months. And then I Googled, how do you find an editor? And I wasn't finding an editor any simplistic way. So I decided to post on social media. And immediately I found a great editor who was not expensive out of Los Angeles. And I basically sent him a data dump of everything I had created in Word docs. And within, I'd say 10 days, he had my first draft back to me of my book. And that was really an exciting moment for me that allowed me to move even more fast. You know, I just, I I took off at that point. I said, oh my gosh, I'm going to get this thing done because I can see that it's coming together and I can see that this is real. And so I really leaned into it and, and started writing more than ever and had the book finished before Christmas. And I had just been fired. I started writing, I believe the end of August and I had it done by Christmas and he worked hand in hand with me and in tandem. And we had that book done by January. I Googled how to self-publish and I found a company called Scribe Media and they allow you to utilize them in an a la carte fashion. I had already designed what I wanted my book cover to look like. I had already written the book and had the book edited. I needed people to help me get the ISBN number and figure out the layout and the font and typesetting. I didn't know how to do those things. So Scribe was able to fill in those holes for me and help me bring a product to market very quickly. That is really quick. I, I thought it would be a much longer process. So you launched the book. What, what was your feeling like, you know, when your books were very successful and what was your reaction to that and the book signing marketing process? Because to me, that'd be, I mean, I'd be head over heels and I would think you have to be too. So talk about the excitement of going through all that. Yeah, it was more fear. You know, my family did not want me to do it. I shared a lot of stories from, you know, growing up that were not desirable stories and it was really hard for them. So it definitely wasn't an exciting time for me. There was also tremendous fear around if I was making the right decision, should I go back to corporate America? You know, everyone for the most part, was telling me to go back to corporate America and why was I taking this risk? And there's definitely, you know, in the beginning when you try something, there's a sense of urgency and excitement. But over months, you know, of writing and trying to figure things out and not having a product to go to market, you begin doubting yourself. So that was a really very hard time for me. You know, the further you get into the entrepreneurial world and the more revenue you're generating and the more you start figuring out and understanding about different industries and businesses, the more confident you can be in it. But when you're a rookie and brand new, it's really scary. Yeah. So right now is an unprecedented time in our country's history with the coronavirus, social distancing, 
and stay at home program. And a lot of people are kind of struggling with confidence or maybe they were struggling with confidence before this all started. So what are your tips to our listeners on how to keep their confidence up during the coronavirus social distancing time? Yeah. I mean, there's a few things, you know, that I do. Number one, the first thing I do when I wake up is I set my intention. And to me, the majority of the time that intention is to lead. I live with my son. We're quarantined together. He's 12 years old. And my job is to lead him through this. So if I'm going to hit the ground and be sad and lost and, and not clear on what I'm doing, then he'll follow my lead. So I'm really clear that when I wake up, I am going to be taking action. I set goals. Just because I can't leave the house doesn't mean I can't accomplish things and get things done. I work out in my house. I'm lucky to have a balcony so I can sit outside and get fresh air and just try to be grateful for the fact that we are blessed enough to be in quarantine and not be in an intensive care unit somewhere. So we really try to you know, step into the positives and the opportunities. And and for sure, there's days where it's really hard on a 12-year-old to not be able to go outside and play basketball and be with his friends. And we talk about it and understand that this is not forever, that this too shall pass. And let's focus on the things we can control. And, you know, simple things like making sure that I've got all the laundry done and the dishes done and that I'm cleaning the house and staying on top of minor tasks makes me feel better, as well as having something to look forward to. And each week I try to pick one thing that I'm really looking forward to. And then on social media, I'm very clear that I share things that I'm optimistic and hopeful about. So I search for news that's positive and encouraging. And there's so much out there. There's so many beautiful stories out there of people helping one another, science really diving into figuring out solutions and cures. It's amazing what is happening in the world today if you choose to look at it through that lens. So I limit the more mainstream media to just one time per day in the morning just to hear what's going on. And then after that, I really just search for positive messaging. And then I have my to-do list and my big goals and my action steps and staying busy for me and maximizing this opportunity, which we're probably never going to have again in our lifetime, is pretty exciting. And it does give me the chance to sit down and write. And it does give me the chance to be on a podcast like this, where on a normal Sunday, I would be at my son's basketball game and not be available. So I'm really trying to take advantage of the opportunities that this time is providing for all of us. I agree. And one thing that you mentioned there is the positive mindset. And I, I think that's so important because, you know, if you're a leader, like in my job, I'm, I'm a leader. And if the people under you see you sweat and see you, you're freaking out and you're, you're not in control, then they feel the same way. And so you have to be confident and know that everything's going to be okay. Even if inside you might be thinking, hey, I'm scared. I'm kind of nervous too. You've got to give that image that you're confident and you know everything's going to be okay and you've got everything under control. And I think, at least for me, I always try to take that approach whenever I have any kind of difficult thing because honestly, with the social distancing and the stay at home, my life hasn't changed that much, but my situation is different from a lot of people because it's just me and my bulldog. And I, I do a lot of things in my house, whether working out or I ride my bike in the neighborhood, things like that. But yet for the family of four or five, where they're having to spend more time together in the house and cabin fever sets in, they're having to make some adjustments. But a lot of my friends are trying to focus on the positives because if you dwell on the negatives, then that's what your mindset will be. And it won't be, won't be pleasant. You know, and the other thing too, just projects that you mentioned, 
I've probably recorded like, gosh, probably like six podcast projects in the past three weeks because I was like, you know what? Now instead of going to spring training games, I've got time for podcasts or not going to WrestleMania this weekend, recording some podcasts and things that, like you said, you wouldn't normally have the time to do, but you should take advantage and be as productive as you can. So speaking of podcasts, since you were a big influence on me starting mine, what inspired you to create your podcast and what do you enjoy the most about being a podcast host? Sure. So I had Googled what are the best ways to sell books because I had just taken my book to market. And the two things that I found pretty frequently in the research I did was speaking engagements and being a guest on podcasts. My track record and previous career was in radio and the media industry. So I have a lot of contacts there. So I had reached out to one of my old contacts and said, what podcast should I go on? And she had suggested a show called The Lady Gang out in Los Angeles. So I went out as a guest on that show and the show went to number 10 on the Apple podcast list. So I saw that I had value to offer and that when I would go on a show, it would do really well. And so that's really how I positioned myself to podcast one. And that's how I ended up getting a show with them initially. And what I've learned is that, you know, I launched my show in May of 2019. So it hasn't been a year yet. But it's been a really wild ride getting to meet so many amazing people and then working with them on my show and then seeing the different things that come out of that, whether it be then I go as a guest on their show or we end up doing a speaking engagement together or an event together. You know, it started with the show and the relationship started on the show. And then it's interesting to see the different people that you work with, what business opportunities arise outside of it. But it's been great. One of the things I like about it, I was a big fan growing up in the 80s of Johnny Carson and The Tonight Show. And then, of course, it was David Letterman and Leno. And I just, first off, I just like talking to people. But then I thought it'd be kind of cool to have that show and you bring somebody on and you talk about something substantive and, and serious. But then you get to learn about them from a personality standpoint. And you talk about movies or sports or whatever, kind of like what they would do on those those shows. And podcasting gives you the opportunity to do that. And when I researched it, I thought it was going to be very hard to do, but, you know, I just Googled it and did YouTube searches and it really wasn't that hard. I really like it a lot. I, I really enjoyed listening to your show. I loved when you had Lisa Lampanelli on there because I'm a big comedian fan and back in her comedian days, she was one of the top women comedians out there. Really, really funny. So when I saw her, I was like, wow, that's pretty impressive right there. You know, it's funny. She actually just reached out to me yesterday and asked if we could do a Instagram live. So we're doing it Tuesday. She and I are doing an Instagram live together. Yeah. And of course, your first guest was Gary Vee, who's a very popular speaker. And, you know, that was a great show. All your shows have been great. And you know, I always walk away with some good bits of information. And, you know, it's always good information, and a lot of fun. So congratulations on the success. Thanks so much. So, you know, you got your podcast going on, you got your books. I know you're in the process of, I think you're pitching a, a third book, if I remember right. So what are the next big plans for Heather Monahan and creating confidence? Yeah, I just got a book deal with HarperCollins Leadership. So we'll be working on getting bringing that book out to market. And then my speaking career had really been my primary business pipeline and that, you know, just kind of stopped about a month ago due to the coronavirus. So 
hopefully once this passes, I can re-engage with my events and get those back going again because that's a lot of fun and definitely a huge revenue driver for my company. So I'm looking forward to that as well as I've got online courses at my website and I've got free accountability partner programs. You know, I really try to create a lot of free opportunity for people to get a chance to build confidence, hold themselves accountable and stay focused on achieving their goals. Right. If you go to your the website at heathermonahan.com, you can even see options about the books, a lot of free material as well. So it's a really good resource for people to check out. So please check out Heather's website at www.heathermonahan.com. And also for the folks that are Instagram friendly out there, follow Heather at, at Heather Monahan on Instagram because you post a lot of good content there and also links to her podcast. So One of the things I always want to talk to my guests about are the living the dream questions because that's the theme of the show. So I want to ask Heather Monahan a few questions just to see if she's truly living the dream. All right. First question. Who are your favorite musical performers? I'm a big hip hop fan. So, you know, currently I would say Jay-Z and Drake are probably my favorites right now. Yeah, Drake's a big basketball fan. He, I'm from Kentucky. I'm a big Kentucky Wildcat fan, so he comes to a lot of our games. So, All right, so Drake and Jay-Z. Next question. I know you're into sports, so who are your favorite sports teams? Anything Boston, Patriots, Red Sox. I'm a big New England fan. Hey, let me ask you a question. All right, so Tom Brady just leaves the Patriots. He's staying in Florida, going to the Tampa Bay Bucks. What's your take on that as a longtime Patriots fan? I mean, obviously, we're really disappointed to see him go, and I have no idea in the world why he would pick Tampa. (laughs) It's kind of odd because, I mean, Tom Brady was one of these few guys that, you know, most guys do not spend, or women don't spend their entire career with the same team. And Tom Brady had the chance to do that. So I don't know if it was in management where they were basically like, you know what, Tom, you're 42. We just can't commit to another two or three years. I don't know about that. I don't think bringing in Brian Hoyer – as the replacement's going to be the answer, but we shall see. But I guess with Tom, one of the things is if he comes, when he comes to Florida, he doesn't have to pay state income tax. He gets a lot of sunshine. He's got a very offensive coordinated coach with Bruce Aaron. So who knows? We'll see. I mean, you know, Tampa is usually not the best team out there. So we'll see if the Brady magic can work in Tampa. We will see. Yeah, we will see. All right. So if you're a Celtic fan, what's your favorite era of Celtic basketball? You know, I'm not a huge Celtic fan. My son is a huge basketball fan, and we live in Miami, so he really follows the Heat very closely, as well as he's a huge Steph Curry fan. So Golden State Warriors have been a popular team in my house. I follow his lead when it comes to basketball. Yeah, well, I I join your son on the basketball. I'm hoping we're going to have some NBA playoffs, but... You know, I think it's going to be tough. But hey, the Heat had a really exciting team this year and had a couple of Kentucky guys with Bam out of Bayou and Tyler Hero and, of course, Jimmy Butler. So exciting Heat team. Yeah, definitely. So next question. What's your favorite Miami hotspots? I'm always a fan of Smith and Walensky. I think it's so beautiful there and I love the food. Plus a great view. It's at the end of South Point Park. Yeah, it really is beautiful. Kind of a Miami institution. All right, final question for you. How's Heather Monahan living the dream? Oh gosh, not really these days. I mean, we're sitting and we've been inside the house now. We're going on week four of not leaving. I, I leave one time a week just to go to the grocery store. So like I said before, I mean, we're not in the hospital. We're safe. So I feel like, I guess, given our conditions right now, that's really, that is living the dream. 
All right. Well, hey, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show on, on a Sunday. You know, I think your podcast is great, and I really enjoy everything that you're doing on the show. And I think your book material is, is great, too. So look forward to reading the next book that comes out. And for my fans, you know, please follow Heather again on Instagram at Heather Monahan. And her podcast is Creating Confidence with Heather Monahan. And of course, the website with all that great material is heathermonahan.com. So, Heather, thanks so much for coming on the show. Hope you have a great day. And thanks so much for giving me the time to, to talk about your great programs. Thanks for having me. So, to all the listeners, we appreciate your, your time listening to the episode. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Heather and hope y'all have a great week and we'll talk to you guys later. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to this episode. Find us online at benandrodney.com and follow us on Instagram at benwilsonmiami.com.